Um, this weekend we had a had a walk. It was a bit of a hike and a walk. And uh, and I don't know if you if you guys do this, but we often play games when we walk. It it's kind of fun and it sort of helps pass time. And we did that that game that maybe you played in a car. We call it Mrs. Brown went shopping. And basically, you, you know, if I started, I would say Mrs. Brown went shopping and she bought a banana. And the next person would say Mrs. Brown went shopping and she bought a banana and a toothpick. The next person then would say the previous two plus add-on. And, and at my age, I never last very long. You know, I'm lucky if I get around a couple of rounds, you know, of, of five or six people. So I think I was one of the first out. Um, and, and I think the youngest and the females uh, seem to be the final three and then the final two. So uh, that, that says a lot from my memory. Um, but, but I've done it different ways where, where you literally can just randomly add an item on as you go around the group. Um, or if you do it alphabetically, it's incredibly easy or, or it's a lot easier. I would say incredibly easy, but it's easier to remember. So in other words, you know, Mrs. Brown went shopping, she brought an apple, she bought an apple. Mrs. Brown went shopping, she bought an apple and a banana. And then you just, you just add on alphabetically. And actually that, that makes a big difference in being able to remember uh, and last longer in that, in that fun little game. Um, we didn't do it that way. We did it randomly, which meant I didn't last very long at all. But that brings us to, to our psalm today, Psalm 145, um, which is the last, last acrostic psalm. So you remember the, the acrostic psalms that, that each, each sentence begins with a, with, with a, uh, from the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet increasing to the end. So just a great, a great memory trigger, a great tool to remember. And I, I did my research on Psalm 145, and, and it would be a, a, a psalm that, 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 was, uh, that, that Jews were requir required, required to recite quite often. Uh, in fact, three times a day. In the Talmud, it says you must re, re, um, recite it three times a day, twice in the morning and once in the evening. So I imagine that would help, the, the, the alphabetical, uh, increasing alphabetically through the psalm would certainly help you remember. So this is the last of those. There's been, I think, about 10 acrostic psalms, and this is the last one. It's also the, the last of the psalms um, that, that's accredited um, to David. So I don't know if it's, if it's his last one, but it's certainly the last one that has the notation above. And it's the first psalm, it's the only one that is a psalm of praise um, of David. There's been psalms of prayer of David and so on, uh, or, or lament of David, but this is the first praise of David. And, and as I kind of research the history of it, the, the theologians have a number of different theories of, of when this might have been. It perhaps could have been a psalm of David that, that, was, that was then uh, put in, in the psalms maybe after the exile, so after Babylon, so after David's death or it could have been at the end of David's life. And I like the idea that, uh, and this, I, I don't know if I'm right, but I like the idea that perhaps this is, is, is like David's last will and testament. So having lived a life, which was, which was a pretty colorful life, if you know the, the story of David from, from humble beginnings, you know, to, to kind of being the almost forgotten son, to becoming king, to becoming adulterer and murderer and so on, um, he, he certainly experienced lots in his life but, but the, to me, this, this kind of sums up um, the psalm of praise. It, it kind of captures all of his life, the challenges and everything else, and his, but really focuses on his praise of God because of perhaps circumstance of life, being on the run you know, from Saul or, or being, you know, um, maybe you read Psalm 51 where he, he laments his own sin. 
um, you know, with Bathsheba and so on. So it, it sort of sums up um, really the life of David and, and why he should praise God. And I like the fact that perhaps these are his last words or his last words recorded in the Bible, you know, that I want to praise God. And I like the intentionalness um, of, of verse one. It says, I will extol you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever. Very intentional. I, I am going to. And really, he gives us reason within the psalm of, of why we should praise him. And it's like, like many of the psalms of David that, that are kind of bookended by the same verse. So we begin, you know, saying, I'll praise you. And we end by David saying in verse 21, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So I kind of love that, um, that, that we're kind of bookended. I'm going to praise God. I'll open my mouth and I'll praise him right at the end as well. Um, and I, and I, I looked at this as I, as I often do, kind of maybe the nuts and bolts, perhaps because I'm a, I'm a builder and work for a building company. Um, I, I love the nuts and bolts of it. And I like the I like Hebrew literature, and I mentioned in my last psalm that I, that I did about parallelism. And this is another one. This is, this is such a clear psalm of parallelism. And if you didn't listen last time, it's where, where each, each sentence is, is repeated again um, in the next sentence, kind of saying the same thing, but differently. So let me just give you an example. I'll just read the first few verses. So it starts, I will extol you, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever. So exalt and praise. Then verse two, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. And then verse three, great is the Lord who is most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. So the Lord's great, his greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another and then they will tell of your mighty acts. So acts and works. And it goes right through. The whole psalm is, is that parallelism. So it's, it's kind of cool, really. And I love those nuts and bolts. And as I mentioned last time, too, there's also a keyistic structure, maybe not as straightforward in this one. And it might even be an up and a down and an up and a down. But, but where, where a psalm has the beginning verse, so verse 1 and verse 21, and comes up to a peak, um, where verse 1 and verse 21 relate, verse 2 and verse... 20 relate and so on and when you have a central axis so up the mountain to the kind of the thrust of the main point and then down the mountain so that's a little bit like that here in, in psalm 145 as well and and i can get a little bit lost in the nuts and bolts and and i and i i i came to a point a few days ago where i thought you know i need to i need to stop i need to stop digging into the nuts and bolts and, and kind of get a feeling for what the psalm is about and yes it's all about praise it's you know david's last will and testament this is why i will praise god and I want to give you four G's. So it's not 5G networks or anything like that. It's old fashioned. It's four G's. And, and I think it's fairly clear that, that this, you could say that this psalm is divided into, you know, praising because of his greatness, praising because of his goodness, praising because of his glory, and praising because of his grace. So I, what, hopefully you'll see that. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it to you in those sections. And, and I, I want to suggest that verse 1 to 6 speaks of his greatness. 7 to 10 is goodness. 11 to 13a, um, his glory, or actually his glorious kingdom. The two kind of going together, but kingdom doesn't begin with G. So we'll, we'll, we'll say glory. And, uh, and then the last from verse 13b to 21, re really his grace. Um, the, the, one of the middle axes or the, the center of this psalm is, is verse 8 where it says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, 
and rich in love. And David often uses that phrase. You, you hear it in quite a few places. It's the words that, that God spoke to, um, to, to, to Moses when he went up on that cleft of the rock and, and Moses said, show me your glory. And, and he did. He, he showed him his character, this, this compassionate, loving God who's, who's slow to anger um, and so on. So it's a, a very, very familiar phrase. And, and thinking of David and his life, I think he recognized in a big way God's grace in his life. God's mercy in his life, God's compassion, God's slowness to anger, despite his own silly mistakes. And hopefully you can relate to that too. And I think there's no, there's no greater um, reason for us to pray, praise God than, than recognizing his grace and mercy towards us. I remember reading a few years ago about, about the, uh, the Reformation uh, in, the, in the 17th century and the different Reformations through history, actually. But I remember reading about, and I think it was... Um, um, I can't remember who it was now, but it was one of the, one of the reformers who, who would speak in the, in the Welsh mountains or on the English countryside, would speak to farmers and people would gather. And this is a, a definite work of the spirit where, where he would preach the gospel, pe- preach a gospel of repentance, you know, and, and, and so on. And then it, it, in, this, in this commentary of the revivals was that there would be this, um, you know, these working men from the mines and from the farms and so on who would be in tears recognizing their sin and, and all that they'd done. But, but as, as they recognized that, that this reformist, this, this reformed preacher would then, would then speak of God's grace and God's mercy and his love and his kindness. In other words, there was a, a recognition of sin and then a wonderful acceptance and a relief in his grace and his mercy and so on. And I think that, that this psalm kind of sums up David's life in that way. That, that David recognized that the mistake and the mess and, 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 and he talks about his bones being dried. You know, that he, he, his bones were like a desert, I think it says in Psalm 151, uh, and, and yet then recognizing God's mercy and God's grace and, and God not departing from him. So, so without further ado, let me, let me give you these, these three Gs. So the first one is, is his greatness. And you'll see that word used a few times here in this psalm. So, so we'll start with verse one, one to six, his greatness. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. I will proclaim your great deeds. So David praising God because of his greatness, his great deeds, his great work, um, and then the, the great is the Lord. And I like that, that in verse four, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. What a wonderful challenge that is for us. You know, and as, as an aging person, uh, particularly for me then, that, that challenge to, to commend God's goodness, his grace, his mercy, his greatness to the next generation. So if you're gray-haired like me, even if you're not, um, I hope you're, you're, your desire is to, to commend his greatness to others. So his greatness, verse one to six. Now his, his goodness, and you'll see the word good or goodness come up a few times. So verse seven, they will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. 
The Lord is good to all his and to all his compassion. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you and will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men might know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The kingdom, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all the generations. So David says, I'm going to praise you because of your greatness, but I'm also going to praise you because of your goodness and, and the goodness and, and glory of your kingdom. I've actually read too far there. I read into to glory. So I'm going to praise you because of your greatness. I'm going to praise you because of your goodness. And let me read again verse 11. This is, I, I kind of overlapped into to glory there. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might and all men, that all men may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. So greatness, goodness, and glory. And I love the fact that, that, that it's an everlasting kingdom, that his glory will last forever. We, we live in a very temporary world. We, maybe in the moment we think we're, we're invincible and we're here forever, but I recognize as I get older that actually I, I'm, I'm mortal. I mean, thank, thankfully, because of the Lord Jesus, I'm immortal, but, but I'm mortal. The, this, this shell of a body is, is wearing away. It is uh, getting thin on the edges, actually thicker in some edges and thinner on others, and, and certainly aches and pains and so on. But, but his glory, his kingdom is eternal and forever. So lastly, these, the last half of the psalm here really speaks of not just his greatness, his goodness and his glory, but his grace. So, so 13b and onwards, and it really does, does speak for itself. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fail. He lifts up all who are bowed down. And doesn't that relate when you think of David and his story, that, that very much relates to him, but, but to us as well, that he upholds all who fail or fall. The eyes, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. And isn't that important that we don't just call on him, we don't just do lip service, but actually it's, it's truth that we call on him in truth. Um, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears, the cr hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. And then we finish with this, this final bookend. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So that's Psalm 141 in a nutshell, just a, a, a psalm of praise really a, a psalm from, from a man who was not perfect, from a man who made mistakes, but, but recognized the goodness and the grace and the glory um, of, of the Lord Jesus and his greatness um, in, in his own life. So I, I trust that's your experience. And, and if it isn't, I encourage you to, to maybe just do a little self audit and just recognize where you've come from and what he's done for you. I love looking at encounters of Jesus in the New Testament. I love, 
I love asking the question, when, when Jesus meets somebody, you know, uh, what were they like before they met Jesus? What did Jesus do and what were they like after? And if you, if you do that, as you look at even people he's healed, you kind of recognize, wow, he transforms people's lives. And he didn't just do it then 2,000 years ago, but he still does it today. And I, like David, uh, have, have made mistakes, massive mistakes, and, and I've needed to call on him. And, and, and he is gracious, he is compassionate, he is loving, um, and, uh, and I'm so thankful. So let's pray together, and, and maybe as you go about your day today, we, we can, maybe you'll be reminded of all that the Lord is and all that he's done for you um, as you go about your day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your incredible love for, for all of us, for all of your creation. Father, thank you that you long for us to call out to you. That's all you want. You want us to call to you in desperation and need. I thank you for this Psalm of David, a Psalm from a man who, who did call out to you, who, who made a mess, who, who uh, made really poor choices at times, but recognized your goodness, your kindness, and your grace. Father, help us to, to have that, that wider picture of, of you, not just, it's so easy for us to get bogged down in our, in our moments and in our situations. I pray that you'll help us to be able to zoom out a little bit and just recognize your good hand in, in every aspect of our lives, that we would, maybe even the difficulties that we can recognize a teaching and learning times. So thank you that you are a good God. Thank you that you are a great God. Thank you that you're a glorious God and that you're a gracious God. In your name, amen.